0: Yes, indeed. Welcome to the show. It's the Fret Files podcast. We're gonna uh, we're gonna we're gonna blow up some guitar myths, like oh, we always do.
1: Drop some guitar truth bombs.
0: There you go. Look at you getting fresh, <laughs> going off script. <laughs> How about that? Here I am. Wow, Melissa, bringing the bringing her a game <laughs> to the podcast. Uh, listen, I my name's Eric Daw. I'm, you could just think of me as your personal guitar scientist. Twenty-five years of experience building and repairing guitars. Sitting beside me is my lovely co-host Melissa.
1: Uh, I'm not your wife anymore.
0: Oh yeah, you are. Okay. My lovely uh, wife and co-host. Thank
1: you. Uh, greetings. I will Melissa. Re- <laughs> Howdy. I will read the listener submitted questions, and Eric will try to answer them the best he can drawing on his experience as a professional luthier.
0: Yeah, professional. Uh yeah, we've got a hey, we we got a great show for you. Man, let me tell you something.
1: How do you know we haven't recorded it yet?
0: Because I know. I, what I'm holding in my hand here is uh is podcast gold. Ah. We have amazing questions from our wonderful listeners. We have guitar news that will blow your mind. I mean, this is a good show. You're going to like it. You're gonna like it. We have questions about, um, I don't know. <laughs> let me let me look and see. Uh, I mean, I was so sure they were good. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Oh, uh, acoustic guitar bellies. Oh, you know. Yeah. And I ain't talking about. Uh, I ain't talking about boxcar Willie.
1: Are you talking about my? I'm talking about beer the, belly?
0: the The guitar. I'm talking oh, about the belly on the actual guitar. I see. Uh, refrets, fret levels. Um, questions about, uh, lacquer potted pickups. Questions about, uh, you know, all kinds of things. We're gonna, we're gonna get into that. All questions, oh, question about, uh, hip shot trim setters and, and Wilkinson roller nuts. I don't Uh, know. I don't know what any of that is. I wish I didn't know what those were. (laughs) Parts that I hate. I do. I hate. I hate these parts. Uh, what are we doing? Let's let's talk about. Uh, say- what, hey, what's on your bench?
1: Uh, I just did a fun thing today.
0: Melissa's a leather worker, as as though you don't listen to the podcast. Yeah, Melissa's a leather worker.
1: I do the leather working. I make guitar straps. So a few weeks ago, Eric made this three tone sunburst Telecaster. Oh, I did that. I thought was just beautiful. Thank you. And I. About six months ago, I got an airbrush, uh-huh. and I've been messing with it and having fun with it. And so I decided to do yeah. a three tone sunburst guitar a, strap.
0: It's a Binks. Yeah, Binks airbrush.
1: It's a Binks Wren 2. Yeah. Uh, so it's t- her nickname. Yeah, Eric calls me Binks, but don't, for the love of God, do not write in and call me Binks.
0: Only I am allowed. Thank you. To call Melissa Binks.
1: <laughs> you guys can call me Mel. Only Eric can call me Binks. Uh, anyway, I made this really rad guitar strap, three-tone sunburst, yellow, red, black sunburst guitar strap. It it's looks cool.
0: great. Yeah. I was I was impressed. Thanks. I mean, I knew exactly what, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, whoa, three-tone sunburst. Yeah. Nice work.
1: Thanks. And I'm yeah. really stoked about it. If you want to see pictures of it, you can head over to my Instagram. I just posted pictures. That's at Melco Leather. Mr. Eric Dahl, what's on your bench?
0: Oh, thanks for asking. Uh, I just finished a neck reset on a 1965 Martin D28. Beautiful old guitar. I love these old Martins, man. I don't own one. Maybe someday. But I've reset the necks on uh, hundreds of them. (laughs) I don't know how many. But, uh, yeah, that was fun. You know, so neck comes off, steamed off. Yet steam off the dovetail, mm-hmm. heat up the hot hide glue, mm-hmm. take off the neck, reshape the heel, reshape the joint, you know, where it all fits together, put it back on at the proper angle. New saddle. Yeah, it had a couple cracks that I glued up with. I like to use hot hide glue on cracks, too. Neato. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that went well. What else? Oh, I've got a few custom guitars that I'm wrapping up that we'll be shipping out soon. So that's exciting Always exciting I have so many Do you know how many guitars I need to make? I have So many? I'm booked out Let me just tell you that
1: Yeah Thanks everybody Mm-hmm Mm-hmm uh-huh. Mm-hmm
0: uh-huh. uh-huh. So um, what are we doing? Should we do some uh... We've got some good guitar news Let's do that What do you think? Sounds good Alrighty
2: Guitar news
0: Mm-hmm did you know that's me saying that?
1: I was just gonna. I was just <laughs> gonna, <laughs> gonna mention that me.
0: guitar news. Guitar news. I tried to make it sound like it wasn't me, but it's. I mean, it's clear.
2: Guitar news.
0: I'm sorry, that's me. <laughs> and then the Morse code is spelling out guitar news, and then I just scroll. Is it really? Yeah, and then I just scrolled through the radio to get the background noise. This was a bump I made. For, what do they call it? A sting? It's a sting I made five years ago.
1: How did you get the Morse code sound? Do you, is there like an online translator? Well,
0: they've got, there's this thing called the internet.
1: Oh. And
0: you just type anything in there and it comes up. Wow. It's amazing.
1: Should we get to some guitar news now? Oh, yeah,
0: right. Okay. okay. Here we go. Uh. Guitar <laughs> <our> news. <laughs> All right. Take it away, Melissa. Melissa. <laughs>
1: Reverb announces it's 3.5 selling fee. It's 3.5% selling fee will increase to 5%. Ouch. Ouch. Uh it's as part of a plan to quote increase investment in sellers. Oh un- yeah. Unquote.
0: Well they're trying to smooth that over. That's yeah. how they're trying to sell it. Like mm-hmm. oh this we're going to take this extra money we're taking. This extra money we're going to we're going to invest it in you. We're going <laughs> to we're going to invest it in the <laughs> sellers. Yeah. So whatever
1: uh, this comes from guitar.com. It was written by Cillian Breathnack? Knock.
0: Sorry about your name, Cillian. <laughs> this is from guitar.com. Online musical instrument marketplace Reverb.com has issued a statement today. That's the 14th of July. Revealing its plans to increase investment in sellers by taking more of their money. No, increase... Increase investment in sellers, the plans include the increase of its current selling fee of 3.5% to 5% beginning on 4th of August, 2020, as well as a number of other changes to its strategy.
1: In a press statement, the marketplace said that the increase in the selling fee... Will, quote, will enable Reverb to make substantial additional investments in marketing, customer support, and seller tools aimed at attracting more buyers to the site and raising the visibility of Reverb, Reverb's sellers. Unquote.
0: Mm-hmm. Reverb's plan to increase investments over 2019, including investing over 30% more in marketing initiatives such as SEO and video adverts, as well as expanding its global support team, and its product team by 25 and 40% respectively.
1: Reverb CEO David Mandelbrot said Sorry of the change, "Tell me about
0: your name, David."
1: <laughs> "Quote, over the past 7 years, our team has been dedicated to growing Reverb into a global online destination that music makers visit to discover the world's best music shops and sellers." As our community continues to expand and players of all levels increasingly shop for music gear online, we've heard our sellers loud and clear. They want us to take more of their money. Oh, I mean, (laughs) they want even more opportunities to connect with more buyers on Reverb.
0: As a crucial partner to the businesses and individuals who sell instruments on Reverb, we recognize that now is the time (laughs) to make further investments on behalf of our sellers. Our first ever selling fee change will enable us to do that. So now is the time.
1: Mm, yeah. In the middle of a pandemic. Global
0: pandemic. People riots are Riots in the streets.
1: Yeah. Increase the fee.
0: Now's the time. You know, so, never let a good opportunity go to waste.
1: Yeah, I guess so. It's,
0: while people aren't paying attention, we decided now is the time.
1: You know, Etsy bought Reverb not yes, that long did. ago. Yes, they did. That's correct. And I think that that's why Reverb's price is going up here. I just looked up, I've been selling on Etsy for a decade. Yeah. And I just looked up what I pay in seller's fees. Can you guess?
0: 5%.
1: It's 5%. Plus, if a buyer chooses Etsy payments, I pay another 3%. Yeah. I pay 8%. Yeah. Yeah. And I am, I don't know what to do now. I'm panicked. (laughs) <laughs> Please, if you're listening, no longer buy from me on Etsy. Send me an email.
0: Well, how else can they? You don't have a website. We tried to make you a website, and it 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 was I... like it was like the Hindenburg. Here it comes. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh my God, the humanity. Oh my God, the the.
1: That's. I am so awful with technology. I am like an eighty-year-old woman. I cannot. I cannot figure it out. So we used WordPress, though, and I feel like it's not intuitive. I want to try Squarespace. Oh, no, it's
0: not intuitive at all. It's I, terrible.
1: I checked out Squarespace and kind of messed with it, and I think that I can run a, a Squarespace site. I cannot wa- run a WordPress site because I do not have those kind of skills. Yeah,
0: what are we going to do? You need a website. Yep. Getting back to this story, Kevin Drost. Drost. Kevin Drost. Sorry about your name, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> Kevin Dr- <laughs> Drost, Reverb's chief strategy officer.
1: Can I be a chi- can I be our chief strategy officer? You already are. Sweet.
0: Added. Music shops, gear makers, artists, and more sell their gear on Reverb because our marketplace gives them access to millions of knowledgeable, quality buyers and the support of customer engagement, marketing, and tech teams that are dedicated to blah blah blah. As he went on and on in an email sent out to sellers, which I got. Mandelbrot again stressed the long-term benefits of the change, writing, "We are modifying our selling fee to help us invest more to sustain our community's continued growth. These changes will enable us to bring more buyers to Reverb on your behalf, support the long-term health of your business, and continue growing together." So they're really spinning this as a uh, like they're, like you're gonna yeah. get like you're gonna get something out of this. I don't know. I talked to three different shops who I who I am in communication with, you know, vintage shops, and all three of them were really mad about this. Nobody's nobody's taking the bait that this is uh, yeah that this is you well, know if you're that selling, this is an investment in you
1: yeah if you're selling a thirty thousand dollar guitar on Reverb five percent is an insane amount.
0: It should be incremental, you know? Yeah. Like above 10,000 should be a different rate than...
1: Absolutely. ...than
0: below 500. I don't know. To put it in perspective, I mean, just to play devil's advocate, I I like reverb. I had a problem with reverb a few weeks ago, and I was really getting mad at reverb. And they, they resolved it. I finally got the right person, and they were like, oh... I am so sorry let us fix this for you. They created an, a whole new category of guitar f- for me that that I was listing a guitar that there was no category for and it drove me bananas. They fixed it anyway to make a long story short. I'm a I'm a reverb fan. I sell on reverb, I buy on reverb. They're good. To put it in perspective, eBay's fees
1: Mm-hmm. Are
0: ten percent of the total sales what? price? Did you know that?
1: No, are you? That's insane. A,
0: yep, final value fee and a thirty-five cent insertion fee. They they should change the name of that. <laughs> <laughs> a thirty-five cent insertion fee for listing the item sellers.
1: That's a deal breaker.
0: Sellers registered and I mean it's a bargain. I mean I've paid way more for insertion. <laughs> Uh, sellers registered <laughs> registered and listing on eBay dot com receive fifty free insertion fee credits a month, and store subscriptions can. Uh, can you please? I'm trying to do the news. Please, can you please rein it in? Uh, anyway, they go on. But see, if you if they pay with PayPal, PayPal's fees are, are an additional two point nine percent.
1: Wow. Plus a thirty cent pr- transaction fee.
0: That's more. That's better than insertion. <laughs> the thirty cent transaction fee. G Base is another place where people mm-hmm. buy and sell gear. Have you ever? Have you ever heard of G Base?
1: Sure, I have. Yeah. Have you really? Of course.
0: I, I'm surprised. Uh, their website's atrocious.
1: Oh well, that's a problem.
0: Yeah, it looks like it was designed in. You know, two thousand four, and then they, they never updated it. I'm just gonna pull it up for you. You will be amazed. All they need is like snow falling.
1: Oh dear.
0: Uh, let me see. GBase.com. dot com. Check it out. It's like a.
1: Oh, it looks like a for, it looks like a forum designed by me.
0: I mean, so you you know find your gear. So you go Fender Stratocaster or whatever.
1: Mm hmm. This is very exciting for the listeners. You
0: pull it up. Yeah. So, I mean, it's okay. It's a notch above Craigslist. But look at Rever- Reverb has done such a good job at marketing, and their website is beautiful. They're at every huge... They're at NAM, They're at guitar shows. They... um
1: Okay, so are we mad about this increase or not?
0: Well, I'm mad about it because I was happy with, you know, three and a half. Yeah. But it's st- I'm saying it's still, I mean, what are you going to do? Go to G-Base? Look at their website. It's so much, it's so much nicer, don't yeah. you think?
1: Friends, if you want to buy from us, please... Just
0: go to my website.
1: Please be directed to Eric's website. Just email me. I'll invoice you. It's cheaper for us, man. G-
0: anyway, I was going to say G-base's fees, are you ready for this? Yes. Not commission-based. Oh. No commissions at all. You pay $35 a month and uh that's it. No commissions, no additional listing fees, just one price. Wow. And yeah, it's like a subscription.
1: So if you don't sell anything, you're out 35
0: bucks a month. So a lot of shops, I know A lot of Our children are screaming, this is a problem We're trying to do a podcast and we have Screaming children In the background, they're supposed to be asleep Good luck with that Yeah Let's take a break and go uh, Yeah Alright, I'm back What were we doing?
1: Guitar news
0: so g bass I talked to the uh, to a couple of dealers you know guitar dealers, and they they still list stuff on G base, but guess what What? nobody buys stuff there hmm. so if nobody's buying, it doesn't really matter what they're charging, and I don't know because as a as a buyer, what do you care what the fees are right
1: right yeah,
0: so people are still gonna buy on reverb. I don't see sellers flocking back to eBay or over to Gbase. I guess it's possible. I don't know. Everybody's mad about it, and I understand, and I'm mad about it too. I don't want to pay more, but it's still probably the biggest market and still a it's better deal than eBay.
1: A lot cheaper than eBay.
0: But what are you going to do?
1: Plus, you don't have to pay that insertion fee.
0: Yay. I'm mad about it, but I don't know.
1: Should we do the next one? Yeah, go ahead. Gibson offers $59,000 reward to find missing shipping ledger. Mhm. This is from loudwire.com. Gibson Guitar is ponying up to see if they can recover a bit of music history putting forth a $59,000 reward in hopes of uncovering their missing shipping ledgers from 1959 to 1960. <laughs> That period was an especially great one in the history, in the 126 year old history of Gibson, with some of the company's top guitar models being created during that year span. The 59 to 60 shipping ledgers in question disappeared from Gibson's archives archives around 30 years ago and may have never made the move with the company from Kalamazoo, Michigan to its hometown of Nashville, Tennessee.
0: Mm-hmm. The Gibson family is <laughs> family like that's like it's some <laughs> like it's like it's run by The soprano. Jim Gibson. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> the Gibbs the Gibson family is currently seeking assistance in finding the missing ledgers and Upon authenticity of the 59-60 to 60 Ledger's return, the person who uncovers and safely returns the books will receive a $59,000 cash reward, no questions asked. In addition, Gibson is also looking to recover pre-1970 documents, blueprints, and unique historical assets. They'll evaluate and examine any relevant items, determining the reward on a case-by-case basis. The guitar company reserves the right to validate the information, blah, 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 of course. Uh, but they're gonna give you uh, cash or gift cards or something.
1: Why fifty nine thousand uh, dollars?
0: It's be- because it because it's fifty nineteen fifty
1: nine. Yeah, but it's also nineteen sixty. They could have just added like made it a round number, like a normal person.
0: Well, I saw on, on Instagram a uh, a well known vintage dealer said, "I I'm off. I'll offer sixty nine thousand for those ledgers." Wow. G- yeah. Jeez. First of all, he knows they're not coming. He right. knows that they're not out there. A lot of people doubt that they exist. Really? Yeah. Apparently, the 58 ledgers just kind of stop. Hmm. And then it all picks back up in like sixty, sixty-one. So I don't know if they were doing, if they just, they
1: if just they just, just weren't doing
0: ledgers. Yeah. And then somebody said, hey, remember when we used to do ledgers? Maybe we should start that again. And so I don't this know. Is a
1: Publicity stunt from I Gibson? don't know.
0: I really don't know. And the other thing about it is why does Gibson care? They're not in the vintage market. Mm,
1: you got a good point there. This is a pl- pl- publicity stunt. Pl- publicity.
0: I think it is. I don't know. I really don't know. And here's the other thing. I've got a I've got a book that says that's uh that's Gibson shipping totals. Right Mm -hmm. for every year, every model, it tells you how many were shipped, and it says it it has entries for fifty nine and sixty. So that information came from somewhere. Yeah, but I assume, like, like with Les Pauls, they had to, um, they probably kept track of that in the accounting department because they had to pay Les Paul a royalty for every guitar they shipped out. Hmm. So they had to keep track of it. Yeah, him totally. Because they were using his name.
1: So the, a fifty nine Les Paul is that's the most valuable Les Paul, right? I mean, that's that's like the the Holy Grail is a fifty nine.
0: Yeah, fifty eight, fifty nine, and sixty. Those are those are the most valuable Les Pauls. But, but um,
1: does it have anything to do with the fact that their their creation is not recorded on some sort of ledger? Does no. That, have something to do with her mystique? No, no,
0: no. Uh, no. It it it's it's really um, with the Les Paul. It was it was actually pretty unpopular at the time. I mean, it was it oh. was popular, but Les Paul was kind of. Uh, I mean, by nineteen fifty nine, we were full force rock and roll, mm-hmm. and Les Paul was like old guard, you know, pop jazz guitar guy who was already his career was already you know waning yeah and so and plus Gibson was kind of uh they were they they were looked at as more of an old-fashioned guitar brand now you know you had all these <laughs> new companies coming up like Fender and uh Gibson their electric guitars looked like acoustic guitars but they were solid bodied you know mm-hmm. i mean if you compare a les paul to a stratocaster Right. Yeah. Stratocaster was the radical new cool thing. So Les Pauls weren't that popular until like 10 years later, guys like Jimmy Page and Eric Clapton, for some reason, you know, well, because they're great guitars, uh, liked those guitars. And so they be- there was a resurgence and they started making them again. Hmm. In, I think, you know, 68 or something. Yeah. But, um, so they, they just weren't popular. And then by the time they caught on, you know, the original run, they're just, they're, they're rare because they didn't make that many of them. Yeah. I was just going to look up how many they did make. I have, a, I was going to bring it out from the shop. Um, because I have, I have this. Book. I mean, it's a spiral bound. Like somebody made it. Wow. You know, know, but it's a pop. It's a well known. People will know what I'm talking about. It's a spiral bound blue notebook that says Gibson Shipping Totals. Anyhow, 1959, Les Paul Standard, 434. No, that's 58. 1958, Les Paul Standard, 434. 1959, Les Paul Standard, they made 643.
1: Hmm.
0: And then 1960, Les Paul Standard, they made 635.
1: So there's less than 2,000 of those, the glory years.
0: According to the shipping totals that we have. interesting. But the problem is that, you know, without verified serial numbers and all of that, you know, people... I've read, you know, people estimate that there are hundreds of fakes that that, wow. that people think are real. Okay. You know, so I don't know if that's true or not, but it's possible. Uh, anyway, should we carry on with this story?
1: Oh, sure. I thought we were done with it. Sorry. I don't want to read this whole thing Do you.
0: Nah, 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 nah. We nah,
1: got nah. the gist across.
0: I think so. All right. Well, we have some calls. We can do that.
2: Hi, this is Micah calling from Nebraska. Um, I've got a question about a tone pot on a Telecaster. Um, I got a guy that does not want his neck pickup to have a tone control. So I thought, okay, I moved the tone from Master Tone and i and i put it just with bridge so in bridge position it's a tone for the bridge but in middle position it is affecting the tone of both of them right Mm -hmm. so my question is is there a way to have an isolated tone you know in middle position just for the bridge pickup and it's kind of like a les paul when in middle position you roll the volume off on the bridge it's killing the master volume but at some level, are they kind of independent from each other at moderate? You know, if you're just kind of cutting part of the tone, is it mostly rolling off the bridge tone, or is it acting like a master tone? <sighs> Give me your wisdoms. Thank you.
0: <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, when when both pickups are on, uh, the... The, that tone control is affecting both pickups even though you've you've got it hooked up to the switch so that it's only affecting the bridge pickup but the switch when it's in the middle position is you know hooking both pickups together so uh so both pickups are being affected by the tone control. There's no way that I'm aware of to get to get full tone neck pickup and uh tone rolled off bridge pickup sent to the jack because it's it's a mono signal so so like by the time the signal leaves the guitar right by the time the signal gets to the jack uh, any any tone modifications is just happening to the overall signal the only way you would be able to get a separate tone uh, for each Pickup, or for one or the other, would be if you had a stereo signal going to a stereo jack, then use a stereo cable and go to two separate amps somehow. Um,
1: that sounds like a pain in the butt.
0: And why would you do that? You know. So yeah, absolutely, you can do. You know, it sounds like you've already done it. You you hook up the tone control to the switch so it just affects the bridge, but it's gonna it's gonna roll the tone off of both pickups when you're in the middle position. There's just no way around that. I don't think there's any way around that. I don't think. I'll have to think about that. Maybe.
1: If you know of a way around it, write in.
0: Yeah, write in. I don't think so. I don't think so. There's a way to decouple volume controls. So if you had two volume controls, you can make, you know, you can make, with both pickups on, you can make either one a master or you can make them separate but with a tone control it's taking it's taking high frequencies and sending it to ground and it's just going to happen to both pickups if both pickups are on i don't know how i don't know any way around that how could you get around that
1: two tone pots
0: well that it would
1: I don't. I literally do yeah. not know how a guitar works, so don't ask me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's any way to do that, man. I, I really don't. I don't think so. Anyhow, that's all we got for calls. Oh well, yeah. thanks, Micah. Yeah. So, uh, so we can take some uh, some questions, some emails,
2: letters. We get letters. We get stacks and stacks of letters.
1: Coffee is the common man's gold, and like gold, it brings to every person the feeling of luxury and nobility.
0: That's a quote from—I was supposed to read that as part of a commercial. Oh, I see. But she's reading it like it's a question.
1: Well, you put it in the question section. I'm sorry,
0: I uh, did not explain this. Yes.
1: Will you read it now? Will you Coffee. Do the-
0: Coffee is the common man's gold, and like gold, it brings to every person the feeling of luxury and nobility, Sheikh Abd al Kadir said that, huh. and he's right. Now, what if you're drinking Walmart coffee?
1: Well, then, do
0: you think that that's going to bring you a feeling of luxury and nobility? No, it's not. You need some good coffee. I'm telling you. I look. I implore you to go to Apex. Our cat is making some weird noises. ApexCoffeeRoasters.com This episode of The Fret Files is brought to you by Apex Coffee Roasters, based in Waco, Texas. Apex Coffee Roasters searches the globe for the best coffee beans available, roasting them in-house to unlock the natural aromas and flavors that make each cup an individual experience. Order Apex Coffee online. Ask my friend Crash. He just ordered some. Hi, Crash. uh, Yeah, I get people send me email all the time Say, hey, I ordered this Apex coffee and it's fabulous. And I say, I know. I know. I told you that. It's good. Of course, if you order online, you can use our promo code, which is PINUP, P-I-N-U-P, right? Use our promo code PINUP at checkout to receive 10% off from apexcoffeeroasters.com and like sheik abd al-kadir said coffee is the common man's gold <laughs> so get yourself some how about that
1: nice commercial
0: thanks i do what i can look it's a professional podcast <laughs>
1: okay we're we're literally in our basement and my cat's on our lap this is not professional
0: That's how people do podcasts.
1: I guess so. Should I uh, read a question now? Mm, Please do. Hello, Eric, Melissa, and Ken. Long time, first time. I found your podcast a couple months ago and have worked my way through the past episodes. I absolutely love the show, and it's great to listen to while I'm working in my shop. I've been running my own repair business on the side for years now, and I will say I have agreed with every question you have answered every one of them
0: wow that's frightening that's a lot that's good you know i worried about that when i first started this podcast i thought people are going to listen and say that's not the way to do it and get mad at me or something but you know yeah that hasn't happened yeah <laughs>
1: Uh, He says, I even find myself answering the questions as I listen. Mm -hmm. I don't have a question for you as of right now. Just wanted to reach out and tell you guys how much I truly dig the show. Good. Keep up the awesome work. Got my stickers this week, and I am looking forward to ordering a fret file shirt once more are in stock.
0: She's (laughs) laughing because we have to make them.
1: And that's not going to happen anytime soon, folks. Sorry.
0: Well, we should.
1: Uh, Stay safe out there, guys. That's from Ken at KEC Guitar Repair of Central Massachusetts. Uh Thanks, Ken.
0: Thanks, Ken. That
1: was very nice. It
0: really was.
1: And we do want to restock shirts for sure, but we are busy and we screen print them ourselves because it is 1991 and we are punk rockers.
0: Yeah, right. So if you're in Central Massachusetts... Go see my buddy Ken at KEC Guitar Repair. Sounds like he uh, knows what he's doing.
1: (laughs) Thanks, Ken. Eric and Melissa, hello, and I hope all is well in sunny Idaho Falls. Mm -hmm. I have a question about roller nuts. I am reassembling a late 90s Fender Stratocaster Plus for a friend who disassembled it several years ago. I'm going to put it back to stock except for the hip shot trem setter thing. Oh, yeah.
0: Put that in the round file.
1: It has a Wilkinson roller nut which I guess the strings are fed over and under some rollers, whatever. Yeah. My question is about a refret or level crown and polish on a guitar with one of these nuts. The first three frets on this guitar have some pretty big divots, and if you, sand, if you sanded the frets down and crowned them, how would you then adjust the nut down to match? You wouldn't file the actual neck down where the nut rests, would you? It doesn't even look like you could replace the roller nut with a traditional nut if you wanted to. The guitar will be playable once reassembled and set up, so I'm not too worried, but you must have seen this before. It will have to be addressed someday. Please advise. Thanks. That's from Zach in Seattle.
0: Mm-hmm. Thanks, Zach. Yeah, those are. Um, th- those are. Uh, a lot of times they have little shims underneath them, so you can take the shim out uh, to adjust the height down or add shims to you know, jack the height up. But if there's no shims under it and it's, it's just resting on the wood, you know, then, uh, yeah, you have to deepen the slot that it's in if you need to lower the uh, the nut height. Really a pain in the rear end. And I, it's not... I, I have never, ever, ever in my life told a customer, you know, I really recommend a roller nut on this guitar. I really think... <laughs> This is going to be the answer to your problems, is a roller nut. Why? I've never. I've, I've installed a few, but it's because somebody brought me one and said, will you install this on my guitar? And then after I tried to talk them out of it, they were adamant in that, that it needed to be done. I have reversed a few of these, and that's tricky because if you look at that thing, the, the string leaves the nut at a different spot... The nut uh, and the Should fingerboard be. meet, right? Oh. So the nut and the fingerboard meet here, and the string leaves those bearings back from the edge of the nut just a little bit. Oh. So if you if you just put a normal nut there, you've got a big problem because it's not in the right spot. Yeah. So you have to put a tiny veneer, and get the string to leave the nut right, and then behind the nut, there's a big you have to, you know, basically make a remake the end of the fingerboard so that it looks right. Not fun.
1: What's the point of a roller nut? Why do people put them on? What's the theory behind them?
0: The theory is that the see the string is it. There's two ball bearings,
2: mm-hmm. and the
0: string rests in between the two ball bearings. And okay. so as you play or as you tune the strings are able to slide through there real easily because they're rollers. It's a roller nut.
1: I see. I was picturing like a pulley, like a... That's not what it is. It's two ball bearings together.
0: Yeah. There's... Am I thinking of the right thing? There's the Wilkinson one, and then I think there's a fender style. Are they the same? Let me look it up. I don't know. Uh, Wilkinson roller nut.
1: I was picturing a tiny little wheel.
0: Yeah, it's basically the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Looks like this. Do you want It looks like Darth Vader's face.
1: Oh, I've seen those. I know what that looks like. Okay.
0: What a wreck.
1: So yeah, it's like a chunk of metal with some slots.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it was it was all the rage in the 80s, you know, but so we're uh so we're hammer pants.
1: I would wear hammer pants.
0: I'm wearing some now. <laughs> but uh no, I don't see the traditional nut is there's there's just not a problem. it's people have tried to solve a problem that doesn't exist, and that's where a lot of this weird gear comes from, like like roller nuts and you know goofball goofball bridges. If you if you set up a guitar properly guess what? It stays in tune. Mm -hmm. You don't need a roller nut. You don't need locking tuners. You don't need the Darth Vader bridge. It really can be done on a good old-fashioned traditional guitar built in the 50s. You can keep those in tune if you set them up properly. It can be done. But instead of setting them up properly, people invented a bunch of weird doodads to put on the guitar and uh, it just really wasn't the right way to go about it, so that's my opinion. i mean maybe maybe Ken in Massachusetts disagrees, but I don't know anyway did he have did I even answer his question? I don't know how does he adjust the height on that
1: oh, the shims the Sh- shims yeah there's Zach.
0: probably there's probably shims underneath that nut, and if there's not, then yeah, you have to then you're effed. you have to uh take a nice sharp sharp, sharp chisel. Oh. And remove a little bit of wood. Oh, yeah, dear. I know.
1: Well, thanks, Zach. Hey, guys. I'm currently enjoying the back catalog. In an old episode, someone asked how to correct bellies in acoustic guitars. Eric, you said you would leave it alone. A little belly is good. What? Yeah. What benefit does it this have? Well, it gives your husband something nice to rest on oh, at night. Oh my God. <laughs> Belly. If you do have a belly, what is the correct way to lower the action? Here in Vegas, the norm is dried-out guitars with little to no visible saddle. Thanks. That's from Austin.
0: Thanks, Austin. Yeah. the So if you look at a good acoustic guitar, it should have a slightly arched top. You know, it should have a slight belly. Like if you put a straight edge on the top, behind the bridge, then it would rest in the center of the guitar and out towards the edges, you'd have like a, I don't know, like a quarter inch gap.
1: A quarter inch? Probably. That much? Yeah. Wow.
0: And the purpose of this is, you know, when you strum the strings, that top is pumping air. Mm -hmm. It's going up and down. I'm moving my hand up and down in a pumping motion. It's like a speaker, right? The speaker. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, uh if it were c- completely flat, it can't, you know, it can't it can't uh it doesn't move as much, right? That in fact, I'm I worry more about when I see when I see a nice old guitar that has a perfectly flat top, that that scares me more than a a guitar with a belly. Now, this can get out of control if you have a guitar with too much belly. Then you, you know, obviously you have some problems, maybe some bracing issues. Maybe it's had, you know, really, really heavy strings on it tuned up or something. But a little bit of belly is normal and desirable. It's good. It's what you want. That's what you want in a nice acoustic guitar. Uh, if you do have a belly, what's the correct way to lower the action? Well, so the geometry of it is the neck angle should be aiming um, where the saddle meets the bridge when the guitar does have a belly right so if the guitar has if the guitar has really high action then uh, you know I mean it, it either needs the saddle lowered or the it needs a neck reset. I mean, that's just that's just how guitars are, man. That's just that's, you know, they call them flat top guitars, but it shouldn't be a perfectly flat top. Well, there you go. Yeah. Thanks, Austin. Let's take a little break. We'll be right back.
1: Hey, guitar nerds. Visit melcoleather.com to check out a variety of made to order leather guitar straps, or you can email MelcoLeather@gmail.com at gmail.com for custom work. Every Melco guitar strap is designed and built by hand by me. Check out my Instagram at melcoleather to see examples of my past work, and as an added bonus, I offer free shipping in the U.S. for orders over $35. Visit melcoleather.com. That's M-E-L-C-O leather dot com.
0: Do you have any idea what I do with my time? Let me tell you. It's consumed entirely by building custom guitars, repairing and restoring guitars, making custom guitar pickups. I make a r- replica blackguard. Uh, Bakelite pick guards, these are all available online. You can go to my website ericdaw.com that's more the repair side of things to see what's going on there. I've got a price chart, I've got, you know, pictures examples of work, I've got a custom pickup order form. I would love to help you with your guitar repair or restoration or uh, just, you know, whatever you got in mind. Shoot me an email. Whatever. Give me a call. If you want to see the guitars I make, go over to pinupcustom.com guitars.com that's p-i-n-u-p like pinup girl i always feel like i have to spell it i probably don't you uh, understand i'm sure anyway check it out and uh, i'll see you there
1: this is steve from orlando with a shout out to eric i recently bought a super clean 1988 es335 as advertised as original and functional when i got it i quickly realized the bridge pickup did not work I took it to the local guitar center and was told that there was a loose ground and it appeared to be improperly wired. They would not work on it due to the age of the instrument. 1988? Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Uh, I worried that maybe it could be more than that, and my beautiful 335 was a really hack job. Not knowing what to do, I emailed Eric with questions, and within minutes, he came back with answers, not just once, but three times that same day. He reassured me that Gibson did indeed wire the guitar the ground to the wire insulator and that I could send my baby to him for repairs but that I should be able to find a competent local luthier for what was likely a simple job. I took it. I took his advice, found a killer local dude, and voila, the sweet tones are flowing from my baby again. So, Eric, thank you for your time, integrity, and professionalism. Someday, I think you'll build me a 50s telly. Mm. That's from Steve. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. That's very nice. I
0: appreciate that. Thank you. I don't build tellies, though. Only Fender does. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I like to throw that out there. Just, I don't want to get sued, right? Yeah. No, my guitars are different. Uh, but thank you, Steve. I do appreciate Ouch. it. And, uh, yeah, he, he was emailing me, and I answered some questions, but I get that a lot. People email me and say, hey, can I, you know, can I ship you my guitar from, you know, Massachusetts for a setup? And I'll say, dude, a setup?
1: Yeah, you can, but why? I mean,
0: you can, but, I mean, you should, th- this is a simple thing. You should be able to find somebody local to you. That can do that for you. Anyhow, thank yeah. you, Steve.
1: Thanks, Steve. Eric and Melissa, thank you for your continu Thank you for continuing the podcast during the COVID era. It's nice to have something that is so dependable. Kudos to you both. Thanks. Uh, Eric, forgive me if this has been discussed previously. Can you enlight- Can you please enlighten us about lacquer potted pickups? Have you ever played one or potted one? Mm-hmm. now the for the controversial stuff melissa what is your opinion about dad blues guitarists and fedoras please don't <laughs> hold back
0: well let's hear that first
1: well obviously if 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 they're wearing okay so here's the deal if a blues guitarist is wearing a fedora automatically a dad blues guy
0: oh, automatically yeah. what about john lee hooker
1: uh, uh, it, does he wear a fedora
0: he might? Then yes. Oh, come on.
1: Okay, so if a, if he's wearing a fedora, he's automatically Dad Blues. If he's not wearing a fedora, that does not exclude him from Dad Blues. Right. So, if he's wearing a fedora, yes. If he's not wearing a fedora, <laughs> probably.
0: That was so clear. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Lacquer potted pickups. Um, You know, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, for years, Fender uh they they wax-potted telecaster bridge pickups but they they lacquer-potted the neck pickups for some reason they didn't they didn't um do the same potting process on both so pickups So
1: actually dipped into lacquer
0: Dipped into a can of lacquer. Wow. And then you know just set out to drip dry. Right? Right. Uh it's To me, it's not a huge difference. Like, I don't hear a difference. You don't, there's not a, it's not a tonal thing. I don't know why they did that. I really don't. But if you think about it, all the wax or lacquer is there to do is to solidify things. Right. It's not part of the, it's not part of your tone. There's no electrons flowing through it. There's no it it doesn't it doesn't affect the sound in my opinion. So, uh, it's it's a lot bigger um, pain in the neck I think to dip a pickup in lacquer. And I mean the fumes are nasty. It takes longer to dry. If you wax pot a pickup, it's um, it's pretty quick it's really very quick and mm-hmm. then it cools down and i uh like to make sure that you know almost all the lac- all, all the wax is gone from the pickup you know i dip it in and then take it out and i squeeze it with a paper towel
1: oh okay so none of the wax or very little of the wax solidifies around
0: yeah it's it's in there i mean you yeah. can't get it right out you know a lot of people vacuum wax pots and that, it's, it's, yeah, they put it in a chamber and then, and then suck all the air out. And then it, wow. it really, then the wax really goes into all the little crevices and nooks and crannies of the pickup, right?
1: Well, that's cool, but doesn't dipping the, dipping your pickup in the wax do the exact same thing?
0: I think it does. That I don't, so that's why I don't vacuum wax. Hmm. But I, when I wax pot a pickup, I put it in a hundred and fifty degree wax, mm-hmm. a mix of paraffin and beeswax, and I let it sit there until bubbles stop coming out of it. okay It's usually a minimum of ten minutes. sometimes I'll leave it in there for twenty minutes, but oh
1: wow, that long,
0: yeah, it's usually only you know ten minutes.
1: Does the heat affect anything
0: uh not at that temperature um and not for most pickups? It depends on the pickups. There are some pickups that have really fragile bobbins, like I mean some are like paper. Some, oh wow. Yeah. And so you typically you would not you would not wax pot those because the heat can really warp those hmm. and cause a problem. But uh anyway, I put it in the wax until bubbles stopped coming out, then I take it out and I wrap it in a paper towel and take off all the extra wax.
1: And you said that fenders, either wax or lacquer potted. Mm
0: -hmm. So on Telecasters, they lacquer potted neck pickups and wax potted bridge pickups for years. That's how they did it. From, Mm. From day one on up into the, well, somewhere in the 60s, they stopped potting bridge pickups. I don't know why. They just stopped doing it.
1: I bet you that it was two different people making those pickups or maybe two different groups of people, and one just preferred lacquer over wax. I don't know.
0: I don't know why they did that.
1: It's weird. there's no real... Like, the wax would be inconvenient because you have to heat it up, but the lacquer would be inconvenient because of the smell and because of the dry time. It has to dry,
0: yeah. It's weird. I don't know why they did that. No one's ever explained that to me sufficiently. But to this day, some people, um, they think that one is better than the other, hmm. like for tone. Yeah. And I I don't, because it's not part of the signal path. Right. There's no electrons flowing through the wax or the lacquer. All it's there to do is to solidify the coil. Right. And keep things together and keep it from being microphonic. So I don't really think it makes a tonal difference at all. That's my opinion.
1: There you go. Hi Eric is there a guitar that you hate to work on oh mm. you asked a good question Rick <laughs> what guitars do you cringe when you see coming and conversely what do you love to work on oh I think <laughs> I know the answers to these
0: okay oh really it. oh well let's hear let's hear what you think
1: well if somebody comes in with a vintage 50s or 60s fender you come in the house you're like you will not believe
0: oh, yeah, what I somebody love... just brought me I I do love vintage. Fenders and vintage Gibsons. I love to work on 50s and 60s guitars. I do. I love it.
1: And you hate to work on ovations?
0: Yes, that's the guitar that came to mind. Yeah. That is the one that came to mind. (laughs) There's ovation players listening to this podcast right now.
1: There's banjo players, too.
0: Well, we're not even going to talk about that. Um, I do cringe when I see those ovation cases coming because they almost... They almost always need a neck reset, especially the the worst is a twelve string, a twelve string ovation. Like you can see it a mile away. You're going, uh oh, here comes, here comes a neck reset. <laughs> They're terrible. I would say actually, uh, any twelve string. I don't like working on twelve strings. Really? Yeah.
1: Even a nice twelve string, you don't like.
0: What's a nice twelve string?
1: I don't know. I don't. I know. Yeah. Very little about guitars. You may know um,
0: about that. But... I have a 12-string, and, and I'm excited to work on it. But? When I get time, when I'm done working on all of y'all's guitars, maybe when I'll get a When you're done working on the
1: real it. guitars.
0: Well, it's a Stella. Oh, okay. It's a Stella 12-string, like Lead Belly played, right? Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a blues guitar, man. It's a cool guitar. So that's cool. But, but most... did
1: he have a fedora?
0: No, come on. Man, (laughs) blues gets such a bad rap.
1: (sighs) Oh, Eric's getting offended how I'm making fun of blues. I'm sorry.
0: Do you know that without blues, we wouldn't have rock and roll?
1: I do know that. I know that because I live with you.
0: So, I'm reading, there's two books about Robert Johnson that came out this year. One is Brother Robert, which is by his, uh... His stepsister.
1: I would call her his his half-sister, but...
0: No, they're not blood-related. They're not
1: blood-related? okay, never mind.
0: Yeah. And the other one is called uh, Up Jumped the Devil by, uh, by Gail Dean Wardlow and somebody else. And, man, they're both great. They're both great. Great books. Highly recommended, if you care, about blues and Robert Johnson. But, you know, see, Robert Johnson was taking things to a next level. He was taking, um, by the time he was playing blues, Mm -hmm. it was a decades-old thing, you know? So he was updating it. Right. And then from there, without him, you don't have Muddy Waters. Without Muddy Waters, you don't have Chuck Berry. Without Chuck Berry, you don't have... The Beatles and the Rolling Stones. I mean, it's like a family tree that branches out, and at the roots of it is the blues. And that's where it started, man.
1: Right. Well, and yeah, I'm also not into folk music, and that was... It's not folk music. I know it's not, but what I'm saying is I I understand where we got all our music now, but it doesn't make me like that music anymore.
0: Most 12 Strings suck to work on, but... This Stella 12-string is, is going to be cool. Someday I'm going to fix it up and play some Lead Belly on it. It's a cool guitar. Really cool. Cool. Thanks for the question, Rick. I don't know. Did we answer it? I guess. I hope so. Uh,
1: it? Eric loves vintage guitars and hates I ovations.
0: Do. There you go. There you go. <laughs> that sums it up.
1: Eric and Melissa, hello, and I hope all is well in sunny Idaho Falls. Mm-hmm. Hey! There's there's another one from Zach in Seattle. Thanks, Zach. Uh, I have a question about a guitar I was setting up for a friend. It was a 90s Fender Strat, and it had a TBX tone control. I read up on what it was supposed to do, but I couldn't get it to do anything that I could hear. I found the detent position in the middle, but no matter which way I turned it, it did not appear to do anything. Mm. I checked the solder joints, and all the switching seems to work normally. It was supposed to work on the bridge and middle pickups, I believe. The tone for the neck pickup functioned normally. Ever work with one of these? What yeah. What are your thoughts? Also, music recommendation, check out uh, thehound.net. Hmm. It's some great obscure 50s rock and roll from a, from an obscure... WFMU radio show back in the eighties. The website is old and funky to navigate, but totally worth figuring out. Hmm. Thanks. That's from Zach in Seattle again.
0: Wow, two questions in one episode. Uh, uh, yeah. What was he saying? TBX tone control. So, um, if it doesn't work, I mean, it's it's not that much different from a a normal tone control. So, if it doesn't work. You've either, you're going to have to double check your schematic, make sure it's wired properly, or, you know, it's possible that the capacitor, or capacitors in this case, I think with the TBX, it's there's a resistor and a capacitor, uh, and you'll want to check and make sure that those haven't gone bad. You know, if you, you, you can kill a capacitor by just from soldering the lead and leaving the heat on there for too long. So, uh, a cooked capacitor would do that. So if you, if you left the heat on the capacitor for too long, when you turn the knob, it'll do nothing. So that's a possibility. Uh, it could be wired improperly. I don't know. Um, I'd have to, that's something, this is a problem that I would, uh, I would almost have to just have on my bench and look at to, to figure out why it's not functioning properly. But, um... That's what I would check. See if the cap's good and see if the uh, double check, triple check your schematic, make sure everything's cool there. You know, you could um, you could just take that out and put a, n- a normal tone control in there. like Just like a normal, normal guitar. But that's just me. <laughs> that is just me. That does it for the show. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, thanks for your participation. If you want to participate in the show, you can do so by going to my website. That's ericdaw.com, E-R-I-C-D-A-W.com. You click the contact link, you put your question or comment there, send it in. We'll use it as part of the show. The other way to do it is to call or text 757-774-8482. You call that number, you leave your voicemail, you do it at, you know, four o'clock in the morning. Doesn't matter to me. It just goes straight to a voicemail. You won't be bothering me one bit. 8482 Get good and drunk first. That's my recommendation. <laughs> Three o'clock in the morning, lit up on whiskey. Call in about your twelve-string uh, ovation. That's seven five seven 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 four eight four eight two, and we'll use your question or comment as part of the show. Thanks so much. We do appreciate it. And uh, I just want to say thank you for the donations. We've had a few people donate to help with uh, web hosting and, and uh, all the costs associated with having a podcast like this. And I just really want to thank everybody for the donations we've, we've received through our website there at fretfiles.com really appreciate it. It does not go unnoticed. So thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Good night.